Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 27, Learning from Students She who is good at walking leaves no traces. She who is good at speaking leaves no slips. She who is good at counting uses no counting tools. She who is good at shutting renders all efforts of opening in vain, though she uses no bolts. She who is good at tying renders all efforts of untying in vain, though she uses no ropes. That is why the sage is always good at saving people and abandoning no one. That is why the sage is always good at saving things and abandoning nothing. This is called the intrinsic wisdom. Thus the good person is the bad person's teacher. The bad person is the material from which the good person draws lessons. If honoring not one's teacher or loving not one's material, one is a big fool, though she seems clever. Here lies the vital secret. That's verse 27 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Gu Zheng Kun. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about mastering things and making them look effortless. Part two talks about using every bit of the Tao that we can. And part three says, allow yourself to learn from those you teach. In part one, we're looking at mastering things and making them look effortless. And that's the whole part where Lao Tzu says, she who is good at walking leaves no traces, speaking leaves no slips, etc., etc. I think the idea is that 
when somebody that was good at traveling or carrying messages across the empire didn't really want to be traced uh, because that, that was how people got caught <laughs> and messages got intercepted. So the person who was good at walking through the country leaves no traces so that um, he or she can't be tracked. And so I think we can extrapolate that meaning into the giving a speech and leaving no vulnerabilities in there. And those who are really good at counting don't really need calculators all that much, right? But here's where it turns a little more thoughtful. She who is good at shutting renders all efforts of opening in vain, though she uses no bolts. So that was a basically a bunch of language to say that you can, if, if you're good at, at shutting things, you're shutting a door, but you're not locking it, or you don't even need to use a lock. And then the next part is those people who are good at tying and those who are good at tying renders all efforts of untying in vain, though she uses no ropes. So tying knots without ropes. And I think what we're called to do right now is to kind of think about, well, you know, maybe this is all about like setting boundaries or making things that are, um, you know, just, just creating situations that are lasting, I think is the idea. So when we're really good at things, it almost is like we make things look easy. And I think that's kind of how we're starting out here in, in part one. So part two says that, okay, well, if you're really, really good at something, then you use everything at your disposal to accomplish your task, whatever your task is. And so that's what we're talking about. That's why the sage is always good at saving people and abandoning no one. Good at saving things and abandoning nothing. And Lao Tzu says this is called the intrinsic wisdom. So the big conclusion of this verse is part three, where we're saying, okay, well, you know, um, if, you're, if you want to master this thing or be really, really good at it, you're going to use every part of life that you can. So why not learn from your students? So it's, um, it's basically saying, okay, if um, the good, and this is, this is the line that kind of pulled it together for me. Thus, the good person is the bad person's teacher, and the bad person is the material from which the good person draws lessons. Okay, so obviously we don't have good people and bad people. We just have people, right? And I don't think that that's the point that Lao Tzu is trying to make here. What I think uh, Lao Tzu is trying to convey is that, or he is conveying is that if we're good at stuff, basically, you know, connecting with the Tao and we're using everything, then we ought to look to the people who are in harmony and out of harmony with the Tao. And how does that apply to everyday life? Well, you know, just like we talked about in previous verses, we're all leaders. So there's a, there's a nice fine line that I'd like to draw here between leaders and teachers. They're kind of one and the same, at least for purposes of this discussion. So if I'm a leader, everybody else is a leader, and I can simultaneously be a leader and a follower... Therefore, I can simultaneously be a teacher and a student. So one of my greatest lessons was learning how to learn from students. Okay, so that will wrap up the quick discussion of the verse. So let's remember that verse 27 has three parts to it. Part one says, 
Mastering things makes them look effortless. Part two says, well, why don't we use every bit of the DAO that we can? And part three is, if that's the case, let's allow ourselves to learn from those we teach. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 27 again. She who is good at walking leaves no traces. She who is good at speaking leaves no slips. She who is good at counting uses no counting tools. She who is good at shutting renders all efforts of opening in vain, though she uses no bolts. She who is good at tying renders all efforts of untying in vain, though she uses no ropes. That is why the sage is always good at saving people and abandoning no one. That is why the sage is always good at saving things and abandoning nothing. This is called the intrinsic wisdom. Thus, the good person is the bad person's teacher. The bad person is the material from which the good person draws lessons. If honoring not one's teacher or loving not one's material, one is a big fool, though she seems clever. Here lies the vital secret. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering learning from our students. There are three things. Number one is making things look easy. And number two is using the Tao as a tool. And number three, our teachers are our students. Making things look easy. Have you ever noticed that the person on YouTube in that how-to video makes that demonstration look so easy to do, yet when you try it, it's a disaster? There's this one video of a lady showing us how to use a neti pot. And I don't know if you know what a neti pot is, but just so we're on the same sheet of music, I'll tell you. It's a way to basically flush your nasal cavities. Instead of sprays and pills and stuff to clear your sinuses, you're basically pouring warm water into them through your nose and allowing the water to clean it out. And if that sounds gross, don't worry, you're not alone. But the doctor rep recommended it for my wife, and she tried it. She went onto YouTube, found the video that the doctor recommended, watched it, and filled up the neti pot. The lady says, Just like a teapot, you're going to tilt your head and allow the water to go in one nostril and come out the other. And yeah, it looked pretty simple, tidy even. She held up the pot to her nose, poured it in, and it came right back out in a nice little stream down into the sink. So my wife gets this thing, everything's all laid out, head over to the sink, tilts her head, and as promised, water starts coming out her other nostril. Only, it doesn't flow like a nice little stream into the sink. The water doesn't stream, actually. Instead, it just sort of, <laughs> it just sort of runs all over the place, getting on her cheeks, dripping on her shirt, and... Yeah, maybe some of it goes in the sink, but it's just it's just all over the place. Okay, so it's just water, and it got the job done, but for the first time, it was messy. As I'm standing here and trying my best to be supportive by not giggling, I'm all, but the lady made it look so easy. And I realized that, yep, this was going to take a little practice. This verse starts out by saying some things that I feel might have gotten lost in the evolution of civilization. So I thought we could look at the first part with a viewpoint from antiquity. 
And any of the translations I've seen, the first line is something to do with a good runner, walker, or traveler leaving no trace. Does that mean that I'm running a marathon with no trace? What about carbon footprint? (laughs) I feel like it's worthwhile to pause for a second and realize that back in the day, it was good to leave no trace as you traveled either by foot or horse or whatever else so that you couldn't be followed. My sense is that life and travel weren't generally as safe as they are today, and traveling made one vulnerable. So it makes sense that one skilled in travel would also be discreet. The next two lines talk about a great speech leaving no flow or openings for counter-arguments. If you've ever taken a public speaking class, you've had the opportunity to learn how difficult this can be at first. The next line says, a good reckoner needs no counter. And I think Lao Tzu's talking about the abacus, which, of course, had a different name in China 2,500 years ago. But do enough math problems, and you'll see that with practice, it's easier to do them sometimes without a calculator. Once in a while. (laughs) Okay, so if those are concrete examples of mastery, Lao Tzu goes further by using examples of well-shut doors and well-tied knots. Without giving us too much of a clue, I think he moves from the concrete mastery of skills into the metaphorical mastery of concepts. In my mind, a well-shut door that doesn't have any bolts seems like it could be something I've been told in confidence that I keep with me. It could be me holding my tongue during an argument so that I don't say something hurtful. It could be gaining solid and meaningful closure on something I need to leave behind. Similarly, A well-tied knot that doesn't use rope would be something like a personal boundary I've set with other people that I'm able to enforce with ease, maybe without even having to reset it. A well-tied knot could represent a thing that I've done for myself, like I've filed my taxes properly, I've cleaned up some part of my past that I've just left out there. It could also mean repairing a relationship with compassion and love, leaving things open so that continued growth can occur. So we've got a good look at how Lao Tzu is opening here. He starts with a couple of no-brainers, concrete things that look easy but that take practice. And then he melts into a couple of metaphorical concepts that at first seem weird, but clarify once we think about them. He uses these things to melt into the next part, which turns our focus on the leader as a teacher and how we can begin a practice that eventually leads to mastery of teaching. Using the Tao as a tool. We find ourselves suddenly in the realm of metaphors, the rope thing. Tying a good knot without a rope so it can't be undone. And we said that there are many examples of this. That has something in common with the sage, or the teacher in this case. The teacher who makes use of all people, not just the promising students, is practicing mastery of her craft. So just like a well-tied knot can look like a personal boundary I don't let others cross, a teaching mindset is one where no student is too lowly to be served. And why? Well, as we'll see in the section after this one, it's because students become the teacher's teachers. But more on that in a bit. For now, I'd like this to consider how, just like we're leaders in everyday life, we're also teachers. We talked about ourselves as leaders by example and the things we do at home, at work, and with friends or loved ones. And teaching is one of those things that is very similar to leadership. As a leader, I sometimes lead and sometimes follow. 
Instagram is a perfect example of this. How many followers I have versus how many I'm following. Just like the Dow's movements, it's fluid and ever-changing, isn't it? By the same token, I feel we can apply the exact same paradigm to teaching and learning. I think it's easy to see that we're always learning, always in the role of the student. You learn something new every day, was something my parents used to tell me. And I have discovered that to be mostly true. But what about teaching something new every day? No one told me this. And yet, I find myself always teaching. I'm always teaching people how I would like to be treated. I'm always teaching people what are good subjects to talk about and not so good subjects to talk about with me. I'm teaching others through my actions, my concept of compassion, love, and humility. I'm teaching people how it's okay to be human with every mistake I make and recover from, either gracefully or otherwise. We're all teachers. We're teaching all the time. Simultaneously, we're learning all the time. So of course, that's a Tao thing, isn't it? <laughs> One of those cool paradoxes I so love about this whole thing. So the rest of this part of the verse says, every student is worthy of the lesson. At least that's my interpretation of it. But why should we care? I mean, there's that whole take care of others thing, but what's the big deal? I'm kind of okay with asking, what's in it for me? <laughs> that sounds selfish, mostly because it is. <laughs> but I've found that selfishness need not be all bad all the time. Sometimes my selfishness helps others. So... I'm going to ask it again. By teaching everyone, leaving no one off the table, what do I get? And thinking about this briefly, here's what I can offer. It's kind of like our ancestors using every part of the animal that they hunted for their survival. Allowing nothing to go to waste, not only were they fed with the animal's meat, they were able to make clothing from the hide, tools with the bones, and string with the sinews that could be used as more hunting tools or musical instruments. By using every part they could, there was much more to be had than just sustenance, though that was the primary motivation. So if I can teach any student, I think I'll find that there are many beautiful unintended lessons. A student might be anyone. A student could be the people in my home life, work life, or friend life. And I don't need to go around telling people what they ought to know. No. I teach them with my actions, as Lao Tzu has mentioned before in other verses. Let me ask you this. Are there some folks that you just don't associate with? For one reason or another, you're aware of them, they're aware of you, but you, for some reason, maybe don't get along, or maybe you just don't like each other, or maybe it's more casual than that, like, maybe it's just a, hey, you're there, and I'm here, and that's cool. Have you noticed that maybe there's this little block in your mind about that person when you see them, like a feeling of dismissal? Not in an aggressive kind of way, just a subtle way. I mean, I've experienced this a lot. I just kind of gloss over them in my mind and my brain goes on to continue running in the background. At this point, I can ask myself, is that person worthy of my time, effort, and or lessons? What if I could stop discounting that person when I see them? Nothing would change, at least outwardly. But perhaps in being open to teaching and maybe even learning from that person, perhaps I could have a passive interaction with them that would change the way I perceive a problem I'm working on or a thing I'm thinking about. I've experienced this too. 
There are times when lessons have come from the most unlikely of sources. Kids are a great example of this, by the way, and it changes everything. So in allowing myself to passively teach by not dismissing, I'm able to make use of what is around me in a more holistic way. And that's what Lao Tzu is talking about when he says in some translations, this is called harnessing the light, or simply put, using everything the Tao has to offer, maximizing what we can receive from the Tao. Like all verses we've spent time with so far, this one too tells us how to practice its principle. For me, the principle seems to be that as leaders, we are teachers, and as teachers, we have students. But since we have students, we must learn from them as well, or we're leaving so much experience on the table. More on that later, but suffice to say that we can usually see when we are teaching and learning. I sense that teaching and learning are actually just two sides of the same coin. Our teachers are our students. Lao Tzu continues in the third part. The good person is the bad person's teacher. The bad person is the good person's lesson. Let's spend a couple of moments with this one. Placing myself in the role of the teacher for a moment, I can imagine me standing in front of people and transferring information. In a one-on-one setting, I'm still transferring knowledge, but also get to be less prescriptive about it. I can interact with the person I'm mentoring. But here's the thing, I'm not a teacher or a mentor without the other person. The other person gives me my purpose in that moment. So, as a teacher, I'm defined by the student. And it works the other way around. If I'm a student, I'm allowing another person to transmit knowledge, wisdom, and experience to me. I'm a student because there's a teacher willing to do this. So just like good needing bad to define it, light needing dark to define it, a teacher must have a student to define her. Put another way, this line in the verse is saying that there are those with knowledge and those without. We can call those with knowledge teachers and those without students. The teacher gives knowledge to the student, but it is the student that tells the teacher what knowledge is lacking. Therefore, (laughs) the student is actually the teacher. So let's say that one more time, okay? So put another way, this line in the verse is saying that there are those with knowledge and those without. We can call those with with knowledge teachers and those without students. And the teacher gives knowledge to the student, but it is the student that tells the teacher what knowledge is lacking. Therefore, the student is actually the teacher. Okay, so let's look at this teacher-student relationship another way now. I think it's possible that invariably, just as we find ourselves sometimes leaders and sometimes followers, we're sometimes teachers and sometimes students. Aren't there times when somebody asks your advice or doesn't know how to do something? And you tell them, if only to share what you know. Doesn't it feel great to be able to share that? And sometimes, though I don't know about you, but I know for me, it's a little painful to admit I don't know something. But those moments when I can ask, aren't I being the student? There's this swapping of roles that I do from time to time. I don't think I can ever just be one or the other. Sometimes I teach, sometimes I learn. So would it make sense that 
everyone else is in this swapping of roles too? If that's the case, wouldn't it also make sense that everyone's got a lesson for me to learn? And the people that I casually or even vehemently dismiss from time to time, I'll bet that they have things to teach me if only I would listen or at least be open to that which I can learn from them. I don't have to like anyone to learn from them, nor do I need to like anyone to teach them either. <laughs> We've just recently talked about using the Tao as a wonderful tool, using all parts of it, letting nothing go to waste. And I feel that though difficult, learning from those we don't think are our teachers is a great way to do this. All right, so let's consider this from a third and final possibility, that we are simultaneously teaching and learning in the same space. So I am, right now, teaching and learning at the same time. <laughs> that sounds very Tao, doesn't it? Taking the duality, looking at its seeming opposites, and then smushing them back together again to realize that both of them are parts of the same whole. Kind of neat how that feels, isn't it? What does that mean then, to be teaching and learning at the same time? Well, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of new for me. <laughs> in the last few months, I've been experiencing the Tao Te Ching in a way that's deeper than what I had previously experienced. And this podcast, and you, even though I don't know your name, what you look like, you have been teaching me all along. <laughs> it's trippy, right? So because you are listening, you have given me a reason to be responsible and disciplined enough to not only read, compare, and contemplate each verse of the Tao Te Ching, but to sit and spend even more time and effort with it by articulating my thoughts. I'm so humbled and grateful to have you. You probably don't know this, but we, as students of the Tao Te Ching, are in six of the seven continents of the world. You are my teachers, and for that... I thank you. So if, in this case, we are both learners and teachers, let's pause and notice how this feels. It's not one role or the other. It's both at the same time. And if this is just one example of how we can experience the oneness of the Tao, I wonder what all those other things can feel like if I take a moment to appreciate the wholeness of seeming opposites leadership, followership, loved, lover, supervisor, employee, talker, listener, joy giver, joy receiver, yin, and yang. So to wrap up my experiences with this verse today and considering learning from students, I thought about three things. The first thing I thought about was making things look easy and what's entailed. The second thing is using the Tao as a tool. And the third thing is that our teachers are our students. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of learning from students in this verse today. There are two things I can do. Number one is I can teach everyone by being mindful of my words. Number two, I can learn from everyone by listening. In practicing being mindful of my words, I have found that this is not as easy as it would seem. 
While I'm sitting, doing my morning meditation, I end by asking for help with my thoughts, my words, and my deeds. And indeed, at that moment, it seems like I can do it. But the moment I walk out of the door and start interacting with other humans, it's so easy to forget my intentions. (laughs) But that's okay. I think that's most of us. What I think we could do is try our best to continue practicing mindfulness outside of meditation. Have you ever tried meditation, or do you remember when you first tried it? It seems difficult and impossible at first. But I've found that the more I do it, the easier it gets. And I feel like this is the same thing when remembering to be mindful of my words. My words are what happen when I'm interacting with other humans. So perhaps I can start by creating a mental bookmark. Perhaps I can remember that when I leave my living space, I can remind myself to be as mindful as possible of what I'm saying to people. Or, in whatever I find myself doing that day, I can remember to just try my best to observe what I'm saying to people and when. I think we're always teaching others with our words, just like we're always creating with our thoughts. And as you go about your day, I'd encourage you to practice as much mindfulness of your words as you can. Now let's think about those people in our lives and see what rich lessons we can receive from them. Let's call into our minds the people that are close to us. At home, at work, maybe in our community or circle of friends. Can you recall in your interactions with them yesterday, if there was anything they said that was instructive for you? Did they present some alternative way at looking at the world? My wife and I have been working through some issues, and before I left the house, we shared a tender moment and reminded each other that despite our difficulties, we still love each other. I learned that in the midst of chaos, human love is always there, patiently waiting to be recognized. At work, I learned a better way to present a concept I'd been thinking about by talking with others and trying it out. And with friends, I learned that one person, although coming across as abrasive, really just didn't know another way to come across. He was kind enough to tell us that when he spoke. I learned that perhaps I feel offended when somebody communicates with me other than the way I expect. I learned that despite his seeming abrasiveness, he was treating us with compassion. Now let's call into our minds the people that are not close to us. Maybe there are people with whom we don't associate or don't want to associate. They can be colleagues. They can be strangers. They can be people we just never found ourselves talking to for one reason or another. Can you remember any of these people from yesterday or this past week? Did they say anything? Either to you or to the people you were with that you dismissed as being an irrelevant message? Let's think about what they said for a moment. Reflecting on this, I found that there were many people with whom I interacted yesterday, and there were many things I didn't listen to. It was a lot to take in, so I needed to filter things. But now, in the quiet, I can go over it and look for lessons that were there for me that I just didn't pick up on. So what about you? Did you have a similar experience?
After this episode, I'd encourage you to set aside a couple moments and see if you missed anything yesterday. Replay some things in your mind and look for any cool tidbits that you might have passed over that are still there, waiting for you. Tidbits that came either from people you know or people you don't. So that'll wrap it up today. To consider the principle of learning from students, I can do two things. Number one, I can teach everyone by being mindful of my own words. And number two, I can learn from everyone by listening. To close out this episode, I will leave you with the final reading of verse 27 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Gu Sheng Kun. She who is good at walking leaves no traces. She who is good at speaking leaves no slips. She who is good at counting uses no counting tools. She who is good at shutting renders all efforts of opening in vain, though she uses no bolts. She who is good at tying renders all efforts of untying in vain, though she uses no ropes. That is why the sage is always good at saving people and abandoning no one. That is why the sage is always good at saving things and abandoning nothing. This is called the intrinsic wisdom. Thus, the good person is the bad person's teacher. The bad person is the material from which the good person draws lessons. If honoring not one's teacher or loving not one's material, one is a big fool, though she seems clever. Here lies the vital secret. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.